Um, so why don't we gra- jump uh, into a clip if you want to show us, and then Julie will talk us I through a little about it. I think the first thing is I'll give you just a bit of a um, background about what, how we're approached and how we put um, together our animals. Um, so, so we get approached from production buyers, art department, producers, depending on the scale of the animal action. Um, we're then sent a script, and we break the script down, and in our head we'll figure out what breed of animal... Um, as it, like, if it's a, a, a dog, what, what type of dog we feel fits the part. And then we'll, we'll offer up a few different ideas to, to the producers and um, they'll sort of approve the look of the dog. Just, just like you do an, a, a human casting, we do a, a, a doggy casting. Um, then we have to go away and put together a team of animals. We always have at least three animals to play the one part. So if they get tired, bored, hot... Or they just don't want to play ball that day, that's absolutely fine, because then we go to Fang number two or Hedwig number three, or hopefully we don't get that far because they'll perform. But um, Then we start the foundation training, which is um, really important because you can't go on to advanced training until you've got the foundation training, mm. which is um, staying where we ask them to stay, um, lay down, come here. We teach them to hit marks, which I'll talk about a little bit more in a, in a, in a while. Um, so we sort of do the foundation training on everything, whether it be a, a dog, a cat, a bird, a rodent, a, a farm animal. So they all have a certain level of training before we move on. Mm. And um, I'll show you a clip here just to, to how we start them off. Okay, fantastic. Hopefully. Hi, I'm Julie Totman. I was the head animal trainer during the Harry Potter films. During filming, we used several Neapolitan Mastiffs to play the part of Fang. They were taught to do several different behaviours, for example, walk backwards, lower their head and bark on cue. We'll be training a new Neapolitan Mastiff to show you the training process to get them ready for the film set. This is Ray, she's a Neapolitan Mastiff. She's a four-year-old female that I've just recently picked up. Um, She came from a breeder. The reason I picked her is because she is a relative to one of the original fang dogs. So when we first get the animals, we start by teaching them basic obedience, which is to sit and stay, lie down and stay, stand and stay. We'll then move on to teaching them to hit a mark. So when the director asks them to come to a certain point on the set, we put down a piece of wood or a tile or whatever we want and ask them to come and stand on it. We can then control exactly where the animal ends up so the director's happy that the animal's in shot. Quite a successful way of teaching them to bark is to put them behind a a gate or a barrier and as we sort of run away um, excitedly, they really want to get to us so out of excitement they'll bark and then as soon as they do that we'll run back and then give them the treat and it soon becomes a game and that's a really successful and very positive way of teaching them to bark. So we like to get them out a week or two beforehand to the actual set they're working on. Now, due to building and things, this isn't always possible. So we'll try and find a location that's as similar as we can so that the dogs work in that sort of environment. The great thing about Ray is she absolutely loves it and she's really taken to training so well. Um, We taught her to bark in one session and as you'll see, she uh, really likes doing that a bit too much. She's really, really taken to it, and I think she's having a really good time. So how do you do the barking? How do you tra- train the A lot of it is just play. Um, most of the training is play, or it's, it's all um, reward-based, positive reinforcement. Um, so it's, it's, it's just working out which is, is, is good for each individual animal, because they're all so different. Um, the marks are, are really important to, to train each animal to do because, again, just like actors will hit their marks, um, the director wants the animal to come in and, and stop in a, in a certain spot and you can't be there screaming, stop, stop. And, and mm. so, so they all um, hit marks. You'll see there, there was a big piece of wood and, and, of course, when we film, there's not a huge piece of wood right in the middle of the shot. So we, we'll start off with something that big and then we'll end up with something the size of a, a, a stamp and, and we'll find something that would fit that environment, like a leaf or a stone or a twig or... Um, my cats will hit laser lights so they know exactly um, I can direct them with laser lights. So, so it moves on quite quickly from there. 
Okay. And you've got, these are some of the um, things you use? Yeah, um, something else we teach them, um, this isn't a, a good example because I've got a much longer one, but I couldn't get it in my case. <laughs> but we teach them to um, watch a piece of meat somewhere. So there, there's nothing worse than when you see a film and the animal's doing this because the trainer stood there. So as much as we can, we, we teach our animals to look really natural on set. So we teach them just to watch different points so we can pop the stick wherever we want, above the camera, um, just to get the, the animals looking natural. And then, like in, um, say, um, Harry Potter, if Crookshanks is watching Dementors flying around, then our little piece of meat becomes <laughs> a Dementor and the cats are looking. And so, so this is a really important tool to us. What's the button do? That is, um, I don't know if anyone clicker trains their animals, but quite often when you're on, on a film set, um, you really, your animal's done well, and all you want to do is get in and say, good, well done, you've done such a great job, but you can't quite get to it because the actor's in the way or the director's in the way. So that click means to the animal, the behaviour's finished, you've done excellent, and your food's on its way, so bear with me. So it's just a bridge between okay. saying you've done well and, and the food's coming. How then, long does it take to, to treat them, to teach them about the clicker and understand the clicker? Actually, not very long. The clicker mm. doesn't take very long because it, it, it's it's such a positive thing. You know, it's it's all about food. So you, you just start off every time you give them a treat, you click, and then they suddenly realize click treat. You know, so it, that that's quite quick compared to. So that's stuff. is that the first thing? Is the clicker the first thing you really need to teach them? Yeah, it's one of the first things. It sort of comes with the. the foundation training of staying staying is the most important thing because um by the time that camera's turning and the director's had a nice chat with the actors and stuff your animal still needs to be there by the time we get round to um and you can't move on to any other uh, behavior unless the animal's sort of staying and focused on what you're going to ask next which is hard for a dog because they want to run and even harder for cats yes yeah but can you teach a cat to stay absolutely yes you can yeah wow yeah (laughs) (laughs) and the last one yeah um and then this is the buzzer um and we teach again buzzers and we have remote buzzers so um i can put a buzzer anywhere around the set and if if i need the animal to go from this point to say jump on the couch or something they know if they go to that sound, at some point they're going to get their food reward. Oh, so, okay. so it just helps me control the animals around the set when I can't be anywhere near them. So. Okay. And then they, of course, edit the buzzer out. Yes, yes. Okay. This um, next clip is just a little bit to show um, the process with training cats and how we get them ready. Fantastic. Over the last four weeks, we have been training a litter of kittens. We recruited six kittens, the Twitter litter. So this is your training. There's one little cat there. And yeah. what, what's the treat you're giving them? So that is um, starting off the bait stick. So okay. we start off by just, that's a piece of chicken on the end of a bait a stick A piece of here. chicken. Yeah. Okay. Is it cooked chicken? It's cooked chicken. Okay. Yes. yes. Okay. And, and, uh, so that's a little tiny piece of chicken. A little tiny piece of chicken. And hopefully the cat's going to come and stand on it. And in your hand there, you have, what do you have in the hand? This hand? Uh, nothing. Okay. All right. This. Look something. I just <laughs> please had, okay, please. <laughs> crossing fingers. Okay, let's try and play again this time. Let's see if it works this time. Over the last four weeks, we have been training a litter of kittens. We recruited six kittens, the Twitter litter, to prepare to recreate the moving plates in Umbridge's office that we shot on a blue screen. We started off just socialising the kittens and then teaching them basic behaviours to sit and stay, hit marks, wear little clothes and work with props. We were getting them ready for Animal Actors Week at the Warner Brothers Studio Tour, so we'll go and see how they got on. When they first arrived here at Animal Actors Week, we thought we'd just get them moving into their kitten hotel that's been built especially for them. For the first day, we'd just let them adapt to their new environment and just relax and see how they got on. But they actually all came in completely brave, raring to go. So we actually started working them on, on the first day and they have done brilliantly. We've been doing pretty much what we've been doing over the training period, which is getting them to go to Mark's, working with props and costumes. We've got a camera set up and a monitor to recreate the plate. So we're having to be much more precise about where they're going to be and how long they're going to be. So we've sort of moved on the training techniques to another level. They've all just completely taken to the crowd. They all show off. They've got a new lease of life and even Rita has become an absolute superstar. Okay. 
So what they did then was, so that was the, why everything is blue there, it's because it's a blue screen. So what they're doing is they're filming just the cat and then that cat is being inserted into the mirror or to the plate on the wall so that when you watch the finished film, there's five different cats mm-hmm. all coming to life on the plates but they're all filmed separately and then inserted. Yeah. yeah. Must have been a great experience. Was it tricky with all the people around or the cats, as you say, they enjoyed that? No, they that? just didn't mind at all. No, no, no. I mean, when we, when we start prepping them at home, we, we start adding like... I, call up my friends, please come round for a cup of coffee. But really, I'm having them distract mm. my cat. So just trying to build up um, distraction for them. But it's, it's done gradually. Okay, fantastic. Um, this, this next clip is just to um, explain a bit about training cats to retrieve. Because so many people say, oh, my cat can retrieve. But when you get a cat on a film set and there's 200 people there and the director wants the cat to pick something up at that point and leave a certain direction, um, it's really tricky. And it's one of the hardest things you can actually teach a cat to do. It took me about two, three months to, to teach Crackerjack to do this. And um, you'll see he has to grab the ear and run out in a certain direction. And I had taught him to, he had to put the ear in a silver bowl. And I'm hidden in the cupboard with my buzzer, <laughs> my silver bowl and my piece of chicken. So, <laughs> If it wasn't for her, we wouldn't be was bad. He's not a child. He's not an adult either. He's not James. Harriet. He's not your son. He's as good as. Who else has he got? Hey, he? He's got me. Untouchingly paternal black. Perhaps Potter will grow up to be a felon, just like his godfather. No, stay out of this, Snivellus. Snape's part of the order. Get You're supposed to reform the tree. I know. There we go. It's into the cupboard. <laughs> so you're just around there, Julie, with a bowl. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. And of course, I can't see the action, so I'm just there. Please, please come round. <laughs> and what did you use to train? Did you use a little ear? Did it was a, yeah? It was a ear made out of rubber. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Was that one of your most tricky training jobs? To yes, get? it was for the cat. Yeah, yeah. I say it looks so simple when you see it, but actually mm. it's quite a challenge. Now this one is um, uh, one of the most famous scenes from from Harry Potter, mm. and and part of our job also is to figure out how to achieve the shots because we'll get a script and we'll read it and think, oh my goodness, how on earth are we ever going to do that? So we sort of come together um, as a team and sometimes use you know other departments. So we had to figure out how to teach Hedwig to fly over about 200 children and then find Harry Potter and drop the broom. So, of course, the owl doesn't know who Harry Potter is. Mm. So we came up with a rig. Um, so, so the bird is actually wearing a little harness and underneath the harness is a little pin with the broom and it's on a line and we just timed it. So as the bird flew over Harry, the pin popped and the broom fell right in front of him and landed exactly where we wanted it How to. heavy is the broom? Really light. Okay, it's so like a balsa wood yeah, broom, grand, isn't it? Yeah, okay. yeah it's, that was really key. But even to for the, the owl to sort of fly with the broom yeah. must be very uncomfortable for it. Do you know, they, because it's all such a separate rig, the owl's really not aware of what's going on. I mean, he, he can feel the harness, but that's it really. Okay. Yeah, he's so focused on getting to his trainer, and it's us that are thinking pin, drop, broom, yeah. And you were <laughs> saying to me owls are really quite easy to train. Out of out in the bird family, not so much. Okay. As, I mean, crows and ravens, parrots, those kind of birds are so much easier than than owls. Owls, I mean, they're, they're good, but they're, they're, it's pretty basic level of training compared okay. to sort of the trick training you can do with the other birds. Okay, great. So let's have a look. So, I mean, you're training the owl to fly down over 200 kids. Mm. And then he lands then with a the trainer who's just There's out of shot? There's a trainer just out of shot with a big perch with his, with his big chicken. But is it, is, it a little, is it scary for the owl coming down so close to so many people? No. I mean, again, um, all, all the preparation is done so mm. gradually. And th- these are all captive bred birds, so they're very used yeah. to people. So... And as I say, we build up that we start training them in a quiet room. And then, as I say, we mm. add people, we add props, we add cameras, moving trolleys. And so if the, if the prep's done correctly, the birds, by the time they get to the film set, nothing phases them. And how many takes did that take? 
Uh, we did that in about three. But three that was times? not necessarily the wow. bird's fault. It was okay. the actor's. <laughs> okay, so the bird got it first time. time. Okay, yeah. fantastic. Um, I'm going to play this clip before I chat about it because I'd just like to explain a bit about sure. the, the safety of the animals on the... This has been in my family for 12 years. Curiously long life for a common garden rat. He's missing a toe, isn't he? So what? All I could find at Pettigrew was his finger. The dirty cow would come and answer everyone would think he was dead. And then he transformed into a rat. Show me. Give in to him, Ron. What are you trying to do to him? Scabbers! Leave him alone! Get off him! What are you doing? Scabbers! So, a lot of people might be a bit uncomfortable about a, a, a few of the shots in that when the, the rats grabbed and, and shot at. So, um, quite often we work. Um, as a team with the props department and the visual effects department. So all the departments come together to ensure the safety of the animal. So the shot of the, the um, rat running across the piano is our real rat. Then we cut to the rat being grabbed, and that's a model or an animatronic one, so it wriggles a bit. And then, and then the, when the um, animals are being shot at or grim thing they're trying to do with the animal it then becomes a visual effects shot so um, it might be that the real um, rat is running but then there'll be um, an added element afterwards of the, the bullets or the arrows whatever we're doing so the animals are always always safe on the set there is we never put the animals to any danger or stress that's um so is Rupert holding a real rat there, or in it, it, there's a mixture between the real okay. and the fake, but that the fakes are so lifelike yeah. that once it's cut together, you never. So how did how did Rupert go holding a rat? No, he was great actually. Really, they, they, they was they were so young when we started working with them, so mm. it was all good fun. And in fact, we used to get told off because they should have been in tutoring, but they were down with us playing with the animals. So. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> you have to keep. <laughs> it's quite a big rat though that he's holding. Yes, yeah, they're yeah. What, what was? Can you remember that rat's name? Oh gosh, do you know there were so many over the years. I, hate, I can't remember which Is one it, that one was. How do you feel working with rats? Oh, they're great. Yeah, they're so smart. They're really clever. Really? Yeah, all okay. good fun. So they get a hard rat rap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So this is a, a, another level of training, which is aggression training. Mm. Uh, this looks like the dogs are really ferocious and, and dreadful. They are all gorgeous dogs. Um, this is done in, in several ways again. We never do aggression training with a real actor, just in case, because the dogs, though they are acting, they do get a little enthusiastic sometimes. So we use um, trainers, stunt department, or, um, again, props. In this sequence, you're going to see um, a real mixture of... Um, everything so when the dog first comes in you've got a real actor um when whenever we shoot behind the actor's head then it's going to be the trainer and then when we get some really serious aggression the dog is actually um there's a, a green football and the dog is actually attacking the football so it's all game play but when it's cut together it looks absolutely amazing so, so this is from um, game of thrones uh, it's a very famous scene uh, where Ramsay Bolton gets his comeuppance. Does anybody remember what happens to Ramsay? <laughs> okay, so this is the actual scene when Ramsay finally meets his match. Does anybody remember how Ramsay meets his match? Okay, with, uh, with his own dogs. <laughs> they're loyal beasts. They were. Now they're starving. do that okay you've got it, it looks like Ramsey there the dog is there so is that the trainer and they've superimposed Ramsey that'll be the trainer yes or um sometimes they just don't even have a trainer there they'll have um 
just a, a bowl of food or something okay. just to get the dog looking. But yeah, we've never put a, a dog that close to an actor's face. Even even if they're not doing this level of mm. ag- aggression training, we just don't do that anyway. But And as I say, once the dog's done that, we then call them off and, oh, good boy, well done, you've done great. And they're wagging their tails and they're super soft again. So um, it's all a game and it's all... It's, it's really interesting. So Julie is almost like directing the dog because the dog is actually acting there. The dog's not angry. Julie has taught the dog to look angry. So the dog's actually playing a game, looking angry and looking fierce. So you're actually directing the dog, mm-hmm. which is really quite remarkable. Yeah. So the dog's acting... And, and then you just reward them after and say, well done, good, good yeah, acting. Yeah, and, and again, something like this, um, the, the reward more for them is probably the ball or whatever, um, mm. b- because this, that particular dog Odin was crazy about getting So you let ball. him get the ball, the ball's so, there. Yeah. yeah, and then the cameras will cut and we say, okay, and he grabs his toy and he runs off and he goes crazy and then say we then go for a walk and he's calm. So that's amazing. How long did that take to shoot? Uh, we shot that over about a week, that whole sequence, because there was a lot of, there's, there's always a lot of stuff that you don't see okay. that we shoot and, and unfortunately doesn't make the film. But okay. So, um, yeah. So there's more attacking. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> um, no, this is remarkable, this sequence. Remarkable. <laughs> Um, again, this is another, uh, an, another part of our job, is trying to figure out um, makeup, stunts, um, again, keeping the dogs safe and happy, um, teaching them to wear this level of makeup was quite intense for us because the dogs got really hot. So it took about 45 minutes to get them into costume, and they could only wear their costume for half an hour. So the cameras had to be absolutely ready to go when, when the dogs were ready, and then we'd, we'd film with the dogs half an hour later, but in that half an hour, another dog's being made up. So we didn't really hold up the film crew. You know, once this one has done his trick, then um, he'll go and have a rest, take his makeup off, and the next one will come in. So you're putting them in a latex suit? It's in a latex suit because they had to look like zombie dogs. And how did, you, how did they get into the suit? And the, the suit zipped up? or it's all, It was all pieces. It was absolutely amazing because it had to look like flesh. Mm. So it was all separate pieces that would just sort of flap around and... There was, then we had fake blood dripping off them. It was really quite and there's, weird. So there's three makeup people for each dog. Yes, for each dog. And how yes. long would that process take to get 45 minutes? You said uh, yeah, you I mean, there. when we first started, it was about an hour and a half to figure yeah. it looking perfect. But then we got it down because we didn't want we didn't want them an hour and a half in costume mm. and then want them to perform because it wasn't right. So so we managed to figure a way of getting it down to to, to a much faster process so they have more energy for the film set. So that's one part of it, and then probably I mean one of Julie's most extraordinary stunts here is we are about to see one of the dogs jump through plate glass. Mm-hmm. Tell us how you managed to do that. Um, so this, this is, um, again, a, a slow process, and it's, it's not real gra- uh, glass. It's something called sugar glass that is so super thin, you could just touch it and it would just break so there is no force um, on impact Um, but still dogs are smart and they know that there's something there and they're not going to run at something Mm. because they don't understand that they're going to go through it to begin with so we started off with like a a clear plastic and built almost like a big cat flap Mm. so the dogs would um, run through this cat flap and then um, as time went on and they were doing that consistently, we'd then make it slightly so we'd tack it down so it was, you know, a bit more of a force through. Mm. Then the whole thing was made as a frame and we'd slice the middle of it so there was a little gap so they could feel that they were going through something. Built it up from there. Um, oddly, the scariest thing is the noise because sugar glass still sounds like smashing glass. Mm. So once they were going consistently through the plastic window, we'd then throw sugar glass around so they got used to the sound because we didn't want anything to worry them on the, on, the, on the day. So it was done really gradually. And then on the day that we shot it, we had six cameras on it because we were all praying because it's quite expensive, the piece of glass that that nobody runs up and just touches it and it smashes. So six cameras are on it and all the trainers are just haven't slept for days. And you said that the dog's name was Lucan. And was that the first time Lucan had ever actually run through glass? Through the proper window, yes. Wow. But we knew he was so prepared for it. Um, and, and then you, you can understand that, that you so read their body language when you're, you're setting the dog up. Before you even release that dog, you know 100% if that dog's going to go or not. And if you feel in any way that they're not quite ready, they don't do it. And okay. you bring in dog number two. So you'd have at least three dogs trained to do exactly this stunt just to, to ensure it happened on the 
day. And then there's also a mixture in this of uh, dog uh, models as well as dogs. So you'll see when the actress is kicking the dog, it's not actually a real dog. It's actually a dog model. Yes. yes yeah. Okay, so let's watch this. This is quite remarkable. There isn't there, yeah. um, and so the dogs also had fangs done as yeah, makeup. That um, no, that was actually an enhanced um, with the visual effects department. Okay. So we didn't have them wear fake. All, all the makeup was real, but then the yeah, they just made them look a little bit more ferocious. And that one shot, so you actually had seven dogs there. No, they were all shot separately. Well, we probably had two come into a mark, um, and then we shoot them in passes. So we do this, then we move the two dogs here, and have them come in, and it's all very clever when it's put together. And how was, how was Lucan after he jumped through the glass? Oh, how great. He? he thought he was a hero. But he was. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, was, um, he was quite cocky for quite a few days after that. And the kind of pressure there, because you must have like 50 people on set all waiting for Lucan yeah. to go through the glass. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's amazing, actually. And as I say, you don't sleep worrying about whether it will happen. But you, you, you have faith in, in your animal. You pretty much know. And I mean, that, all that dog really is, is just trying to get to mum or you know, so you trainer. Were... So we're the other side and it's okay. like, Were you there on. or somebody else was there? Uh, I was there for that one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so they're running towards you. Yeah. Okay, for a yeah. treat. So it's all, yeah, it's all positive. It looks... Yeah, and that's all he's thinking about is, I know if I get through there, she's got my ball or my chicken on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. This is um, a little bit about the bird training that we do. We don't always work directly on the film set. Um, so we do quite a lot of wind machine work, which is teaching the birds to hover um, just in, in the wind and the camera will move around, again, against a green or a, a blue screen. And then the, the bird is, is put in afterwards and we use this quite a lot on game of thrones with the ravens mm. um and and the eagle attack which you'll, you'll see shortly um and then uh, there's so many shots of hedwig flying around hogwarts and it's all beautiful obviously we can't have an owl flying around mm. a, 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 with a camera so this is a really good way of doing it and it's really successful so okay and the reason why the trainers were in gray is so that they can be easily removed in the visual effects that's why they're wearing westerns wearing such strange clothes. <laughs> and so there's a fan underneath pushing the, uh, yeah, the air up. Yeah, and, and there's a, a, what we call baffle on the front of it, so it's all safe. The bird did happen to go forward, but he's got a perch right in front of here, which he'll land on. There's the camera behind filming, so yeah. he's coming and landing on the perch, which yeah, we can't see there. Yeah, and then we've just shown you from the side so you can get an idea of... And obviously, once the trainer's gone, he's just beautifully hovering. So this is the fan here? Yeah. And then, yeah, there's that baffle in front, just so if he did land, his perch is there, but if he did land on the, on the fan, that he can't be injured. And then we might go on and see how this sort of works when... Oh, this is... Okay, so... So this, this... is the, the, where we use the, the wind machine a lot, just yeah. to do this kind of stuff. That shot there, All the training then is cut into this. It's quite early, this is like episode, season two yeah, or three. Yeah, it's really early. 
So a real raven there. Yep. With the ma makeup. Do they do the third eye with the makeup? Don't think too much, Bran. Relax your bow arm. A lot of this is wind machine. A lot of it's wind machine, yeah. And then what you were saying there is that they would you they would probably have two or three ravens and they double them up. Yes, yeah. Okay. So that'd be a mixture of wind machine and then just flying the birds A to B on a green screen and then put and put it all in the background afterwards. Okay, great. And you were telling me actually very interesting that ravens are almost the smartest birds. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. They're like they're like six year old children. Ravens and parrots are great. You can teach ravens so much. They're they're really comical, um, and they're really naughty. They're brilliant. <laughs> and you were telling me that when you were working on one film, that the, the ravens actually spoke to you. Yes. Yes. Um, it was on Harry Potter actually. Mm. And every morning I'd walk past the, the the raven row and I'd say hi boys. And one day I walked past. I said hi boys. And one of the ravens said hi boys. And I was absolutely. And then at the end of the day I'd say good night midnight to one of the birds and. Midnight was good night, midnight, and it was it was unbelievable. But then once I learned to talk, we had to. It became a problem because oh, when really? they're on set, it's like you can't be saying that. <laughs> so I didn't even know ravens. Yeah, could talk. amazing. It's remarkable. And it's okay. when you when you hear it from a parrot, you sort of yeah. expect yeah, it. Exactly. When you hear it from a wild bird, it's uh, yeah, it was it was quite something. So they are wild birds, ravens. <laughs> yes, they are really. Oh, that's yeah. really amazing. Yeah. Okay. All right, so this is, of course, a very big setup, this eagle attack. Yes. So, again, this, like we saw with um, Ramses' hounds, mm. um, this is a real mixture between um, models, real actors, and, and trainers, because obviously we can't have a, a real um, actor with an eagle around his face just for the same reasons. So there's kind of like there's kind of three elements to it. For, I think there's some kit fans out there, so there's going to be some more kit in this. Um, We've got one, so there's a, a, ray, a, real, ray, a real eagle uh -huh. flying down onto... A trainer. Does the, so the real eagle never comes in contact never, with ever. the actor. Never. Okay, so you've got a real eagle coming down to the trainer, and then that eagle actually biting some of the clothes and biting the arm and moving the arm. Then you have Kit, who's actually wrestling with a model mm -hmm. eagle. So he's actually got a model eagle sort of wrestling like that, and then they cut the two together. Yep. And then you've probably got other shots of just the eagle flying. Is yeah. there any green screen of the eagle flying, or is that done on this set? This was all done on the set, actually, okay. yes, because wow. it, it was all a fairly straightforward fly, flying work. So you see how they edit this all together. You can see it's quite remarkable. So on set, it'd be quite sort of silly in a way because Kit's there sort of with a model bird wrestling like this, but when they cut it all together, it looks amazing. Um, you were also saying about this with, with the eagle, which was an eagle you'd worked with for a while or they'd trained for a while? Yeah, this, this particular um, eagle was raised by the trainer as a, as a baby, so it was extremely trusting. Um, a lot of, of birds like that you could never grab or, or sort of mess around with, mm. but very gradually the trainer would have him on his arm and he'd touch his body. And very soon, um, as I say, to, to this particular bird, the trainer there was was dad, so he trusted him so much that he ended up he could sort of mess around with him, and and it was all positive and fun for the bird. Not because it's nearly impossible for someone to to touch an eagle's body. Yeah, yeah, mm. and and it would hurt because they they wouldn't tolerate it with their. So, yeah, he was a very nice eagle. Um, this um, 
is, is an, another really important fact that I, I spoke a little bit earlier about the, the stress levels and the, the animals being injured. Um, quite often we're, we're asked to do um, things where the dogs look injured or they look like they've been killed or even asleep. Um, we never have injured animals and we never drug anything. So everything you see, even if it looks um, like the, the animal's in distress, they're not. So this is an absolute trained behaviour and you'll see at the end that the dog runs off and he's absolutely fine. So everything you see, the dog is acting. Nothing bad has happened to this lovely pooch. Um, here's one of my... So it's more actually, more example of you training the dog to act yes. injured. Yes, so yeah, he's, he's, he's a happy boy. This one at the end you'll see... This is from Doctor Strange. Have anybody seen Doctor Strange? You can actually see he's acting there, can't you? <laughs> he's a show-off. <laughs> look, look out, look out. Hey. Come here. Hey. Oh, look at you. I had a friend who goes for your type. Good boy. Yeah, it's all right. Don't be afraid. And that's what I wanted to ask about the dire wolves. It's really interesting, of course, the dire wolves in Game of Thrones. Now, originally you started using... Tell us about how you started using the dogs on that. And uh, we started off with um, northern Inuits because they were a breed of dog that looks very much like um, a, a real wolf. The, the, after, I think, the second season, the, the production production team decided that they never quite look ferocious enough. So now they shoot the whole um, series um, and then they, they do plate shots and once they've finished filming they'll go and shoot with a real pack of wolves mm. to, to just get a little bit more aggression stuff which they go over to the States to do. So, so in that famous season, scene I think in the last series when Aya is surrounded by the wolves, that was all done with real wolves, all wasn't it? real wolves, yeah. Um, green screen afterwards yeah and superimposing so you're not yourself working with the wolves because no, that would be very dangerous yeah. um actually i would but i just don't have a pack of wolves so <laughs> i'd love to <laughs> yeah. and you were saying so in the because they're shooting the last it's interesting in these kind of films like you were saying on star wars uh, you're also saying with game of thrones where it's very everybody would love to know what's happening in game of thrones so julie doesn't actually get the whole script she just gets a page or two where the animals are there mm. so you, so you're saying ghost is involved in, in ghost the, is in the last one and um, mainly ravens really done ravens yeah mainly yeah. ravens yeah okay so it'll be interesting to see how it works <laughs> yeah. out i can't give any secrets away because i don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so this is interesting. This is just how you could start playing this if you like, Julie. This is if how you like Julie animals, work uses um, you addressing the animals on the set. Yes. With horses, yeah. Mice, so we're not always um, they're doing sort of fun, crazy things. Sometimes lizards, we're just making the set look authentic. So it might be a Moroccan market a or a beautiful idyllic garden. So mm. so we do sort of background animals as well as um, sort of featured hero animals. So great. Yeah, that's always fun. Okay. And then I think we've got, since there, no one was here yesterday, we might play the two ads, to, or the, the bit from Garfield and the bit from... Do, to do that, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, let's, I think just, this is from um, Harry, this is from Willy Wonka, uh, of course. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And you were working with squirrels here. Yeah, so all of these squirrels we got as tiny babies, and they all came from, again, rescue places where nests had been disturbed, and, and so the, all the babies went off to animal sanctuaries. So at one point, when we were prepping for this, my bedroom was like a laboratory. I had all these little squirrels in ink. Incubators and I had to get up every two hours and hand feed all these babies. How many squirrels? Um, we had about we had about thirty real squirrels that did this. Um, now, reason and you being, were mummy to thirty uh, squirrels? No, 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 I didn't have that many. I had okay. about five. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And each squirrel, we had teams of squirrels again, but they had quite a lot to learn. So you don't want to um, overfill an animal with information. So each team got to um, learn a different. So we had some squirrels that would just bang the nut and listen, some that would bang the nut and throw them, 
Um, some that would just run A to B to buzzers. Um, and then we have our famous, what we call the butt kick squirrel that you'll see at the end here. The nuts are all fake nuts because, of course, when you're working with squirrels and they get this lovely walnut, all they want to do is eat it or run off with it. So all fake nuts were used. So um, you mean the, the bits where they're actually getting this, that's real? Real squirrels. That's um, incredible. And they, these were all shot separately. Um, we, we only really shot with one squirrel at a time because they're, they're a bit aggressive to each other. So It's really remarkable because you'd think that that would have to be, that would have to be CIG, that they couldn't do yeah. that. But you trained the, the yeah. actually to do that. Yeah. Wow. Let's... And it was quite a learning process for us, actually, because yeah. we had never trained squirrels to this level before. Mm. I mean, we A to Bs. So we, we were a bit unclear whether we could achieve this. And within a couple of weeks, we, we figured out we could do it. So it's amazing. Okay. So most of this is actually real. Yes. Except when they... These are all real squirrels. Except when they this carry her, of course. Yes, that's all CGI. Oh, okay. So all squirrels with real nuts. Yep. With these are... Yeah. That's amazing. You see how they tap each one of their little knuckles to make sure it's not bad? So oh, that's, you really got them yeah. to do that. That's incredible. And then he's listening. And listen. <laughs> really? <laughs> How do you do that? Daddy, that's amazing. I want a squirrel. Get me one of those squirrels. I want one. Mr. Wonka, how much do you want for one of these squirrels? Name Did your you price. train Johnny Jeff at all? No. I tried. She <laughs> can't have one. Rooka, come back here at once. They would have shot those one at a time. Yes. Oh, they're well behaved, the squirrels, aren't they? Mm-hmm. I'll have you. <laughs> so that's one squirrel you're tra- training to drum? Actually, we did have a couple of squirrels that would right, We had two squirrels that would get on, and we had them running up the trainer. Okay, and then this is all visual effects. Okay. All visual effects, okay. This is, yeah. Again, you'll see little pieces yeah. where you're, you can... Well, I can tell, but... <laughs> see, this would be a real squirrel on a trainer. Seriously? Not that part. Not that part, <laughs> OK, all right. Not the knock-knock, <laughs> OK. Oh, my goodness. She is a bad nut after all. So the buck kick? The buck kick's coming up, is it? Oh, it didn't make it. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> You'll have to watch the film now. Okay. What happens with the butt? <laughs> so dad comes over and bends down and, and the squirrel jumps up and knocks him on the bottom and he goes in. Was that um, the actor or the trainer? That was the trainer. Okay. Yes. Right. Yeah. So you trained a squirrel to jump up and kick and someone. Just, yeah, just basically he's just banking off somebody and then going again off for his little... Reward. Wow, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we might open up to some questions now. I'm sure you might have some questions. We've got a, a couple of other clips to show you, but we'll see how we're going with the questions. Down the front here. This has probably been the most informative talk in the LitFest so far because I didn't know any of the secrets that you oh, told us. Thank, thank you. you so much. Oh, thank you. I have two questions, actually. I'll ask them very quickly. One is, do you ever get attached to the animals that you train? Always, always. Um, that's why I have five dogs living with me. So, And a lot of the animals we rescue, so I'll train them. And um, I live in a, a lovely little village of about 400 people, and about 100 people of those have a dog of mine. So I can keep an eye on them, and um, I, I make sure they're safe, and I can still use them for film work. So I get too attached, to be honest. The other question is, when you have multiple animals playing the same role, are you able to tell them apart? Yes, I can. Um, Other people can't, but when I did the Dalmatian films with the puppies, sometimes I struggled with those because there was a litter of sort of eight, and I'd be like... But very quickly, you can get to... They look really quite different to me. Thank you. Oh, hello. I really like Game of Thrones, and... uh... Uh, thank you for your work. I like to ask. So, of course, usually you try to avoid. You uh, you want to make animals happy and stuff. But are there actually cases where animals uh, inevitably get injured? And 
what are they like? How do you put No, them? we make sure of that. Um, I'm quite often the baddie on the film set because I'll find myself arguing with directors and producers because they'll think, actually, we can do that and we can do that one more time. And I'm the no person. We also work very closely with American Humane. So on any set, um, there's always someone there ensuring the safety of the animals. So it never happens. We never, like um, I explained earlier, they'll, they'll, we'll, we can use the real animals to a level and then the visual effects department will take over as soon as it starts to get a bit dangerous or hairy for the animals then we stop using them so it's it's really safe uh, i met julie yesterday and i've had uh, been able to talk to her a fair bit today and i can see she's someone very very passionate about animals i don't think anybody loves animals more than you do and so i would actually guarantee that on any set julie's on the animals are going to be looked after i'm the evil scene. one because it's like no you can't do that that's great the animal <laughs> champion another question uh, i know you've written books about training dogs and cats have you any plans to write your own story do you know i haven't no i didn't think people would be that interested in me <laughs> um i think i'm gonna um, possibly do one on a rescue dog um because it is so beautiful um there was a film i did called um what a girl wants and i rescued a little yorkshire terrier and i wish i'd written a book about this dog she's um she lived um until she was 20 she was just she came to me in the most horrendous state and, and so many people would say, there is no way you can get that dog healthy and working. And um, I nursed her and she just, she would do anything for me because it was like she'd seen the bad and, and she just adored me. And the worst thing was I, I got her right and I took her on the film set the first day and it was almost like she was smiling. But I had to be removed from the set because I was crying so much. <laughs> because of the dog. And the nurse said, what's wrong? And I'm like, the dog's so happy. <laughs> so, so I'd love to do a story along those kind of lines, really. And just to, so Julie has two books, um, one on how to train cats and one how to train dogs. Um, got a little question Hi just here and then over here is next. Uh, thanks very much for the talk. Really fascinating, actually. Um, I just wanted to know, is there any, are there any animals that you can't work with or you choose not to work with? Spiders. Really? Spiders. On um, Chamber of Secrets, the second Potter, it was, and, and of course, I was the lead trainer of Fang, and the biggest scene in the film was with Fang and spiders, so I had some, some big issues working there. Horses I don't really work with. I leave that more to the specialists because there, there are people that just do horses. And I'll be honest, I don't quite understand horses the way I do other animals. So they're, they're the only two. Anything else, I'll, I'll give it a go. Snakes, I don't mind snakes. Yeah, the wild stuff, I probably, I can't run as fast as I used to. So I probably will <laughs> keep with the domestic stuff. How did you teach Fang not to be scared of the spiders? <laughs> Actually, um, in one of the shots, um, this was one of my bad days on set, as Aragog, the spider came up over the hill, uh, I, I used the female because um, yeah. she was smaller and it made Aragog look bigger. She attacked it, <laughs> which was quite an expensive accident on the set. She okay. thought it was great fun. And she, so that was the, the, yeah. the model of the spider, yes. yeah. And she attacked it. She was like, what? She did yeah. some damage? A little, yeah. Quite expensive <laughs> damage. Yeah. I wasn't popular that day. Okay. We've got a question <laughs> just over there. You have a little question? What's the smartest animal you trained? I think um, dogs, and um, I've actually, I have actually trained a little monkey before called Fidget, and she's amazing. She's like a little person. And then the crows, the ravens, and some parrots, they're all clever. I've got one more clip that I really want Julie to show us. So I just want to show you this, because this was one, and I'll try not to cry. But this is um, a dog that came to me um, from a rescue, and, I, and again, he was dreadful when he came. He attacked men, he attacked children, and it took me a long time to, to sort out his, his issues and now he's probably the most famous dog on tv in the uk every time you put the tv on you see lovely mojo so but this commercial i won't look because it's <laughs> i don't know what it is that makes me love you so only know i'll never wanna let you go because you started something can't you see since we met you've had a hold on me it happens to be true i only wanna be with you rehomer dogs trust dog can change your life forever hundreds of dogs are still waiting for their special someone oh, it's a beautiful give you lad. goosebumps it's a beautiful lad. <laughs>
Now, this last one is an, uh, an ad, which uh, one ad of the year, and you're going to understand that afterwards. Now, right at the end, I don't know if Julie can maybe pause it right at the end, there is an absolutely extraordinary shot, which I was sure was um, visual effects, but Julie actually did this. It's absolutely incredible. <laughs> so, basically, just before you play it, can you pause for a sec? Oh. So, also, the animal with the cats... Uh, only they put some hands in later, didn't they? Yes. With, uh, with one an actress doing the hands, but everything else she actually trained the cats to do. Why do cats stare when you're pouring milk? It's like they know it's only a matter of time. Time. The only thing between them and opposable thumbs. Imagine that. Cats with thumbs. <laughs> and what if they got together? Gangs of cats with thumbs. An organised army with one thing on their mind. Pause if you can. That is real cats really standing. Okay? Unbelievable. And it's how many? It's five cats standing. Now, the way Julie did it was she was saying she has a rods. And you can probably almost see that. You can almost see that. They've got rods there which they're resting on. Is that <laughs> yes, right? Yeah. And then they've taken that out. That is the most incredible. So you can yeah. see how the cat at the front's got there. They're holding the rod. And did you have like two or three rods or one rod We had rod two. Per so cat? we had, yeah, no, we had three and then we had the two at the back. So they're all on separate. So I would have been rig. sure that was visual effects, but that yeah. is five cats really standing, leaning on these rods. <laughs> it's absolutely incredible. So I'm not, did, did they give you the award or they gave it to the filmmakers? I don't filmmakers? get the award, okay. no. When they told you they wanted to do that, <laughs> did you think it was possible? Actually, yeah, that, that's, I mean, everything's a challenge, and, and, but, but things like that you can generally work out, yeah. I, I wasn't too, too scared about this one. Fantastic. And I guess, just, I guess just to round off, what has been your best experience or what have you enjoyed the most about your years doing um, this? I think it, the, the rescue side is amazing, um, but probably my favourite film I worked on was being the head, head puppy trainer on 102 Dalmatians because I was paid for six months to play with puppies all day long, so it's a bit of a dream come true, really, but... All had, of it, though. And you had how many puppies? Um, over the period of filming, we actually used about 250 puppies, but at any one time, the most we had was 30. Generally, there was about 15, and again, they'd... Um, but, of course, they grow so fast, so we had the puppies for about m a month, and they all came from, from good breeders, and then we'd have them for a month, train them, and then they'd go off with their families to, to live a pet family life so and you actually organize for somewhere for the animals to go afterwards don't you um actually um i do i do generally on a film like that the the, the breed they go back to the breeder and they go to homes as as any breeder would normally um but i always as i say most of the animals i keep but um they're all placed with people i know and trust and um i can keep a close eye on and often within your village within my village yeah so there's still animals you go back and visit oh gosh yeah 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 well, Fen, thank you so much for your time, Julie. Thank it's been you. wonderful to chat to you. So, the, oh, another oh, question? One more. Do you think animals are nicer than people? Oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> no hesitation there. <laughs> Apart from you lot, you're lovely. <laughs> but Julie was saying that the actors usually are pretty good. Actually, yeah. 99% of the time... I, I, the, the actors are great to work with. You had, you had a scene where um, a cat had to jump on Daniel Craig's lap for like two days. Two days. It was dreadful. It's awful. And he, <laughs> yes. was fa he was fantastic. He was wonderful, actually. And Daniel was great doing it. He was great, said. thankfully, yes. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. It's amazing. Okay. <laughs> well, a big round of applause for Julie. Thank, Thank you very, you. very much. <laughs>